And what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Bear Down Sports Association podcast, episode number 80 today. TJ Savaro joined by Commissioner Brandon Kurtzman. Kurtzman, how are we doing over there, man? Uh, doing well in Hoboken. Got to do some more work after this, but uh, I'm excited to get a little break to do this podcast and talk about the 14 teams in this year's league. Before we got into the teams, I wanted to shout out everyone who was in the draft. It was on Thursday. It is now uh, Tuesday of the following week. Uh, we had, at a point, 170 people watching at one point. We also had like 800 total views on the draft. A lot of people who you wouldn't expect to tune in, tuned into the draft. Uh, so shout out to everyone who supported the league and was in the chat the entire night. It was uh, it was a lot of fun. Obviously, under these circumstances, it's a little bit different. We didn't have all the captains in one spot like we usually do, especially with the snowstorm on Thursday making it actually impossible. So uh, overall, though, I, I thought it went well, and I'm, I'm really excited to, to talk about these teams, Kurtzman. Yeah, no, for sure. I'm excited, too. I just want to point out this year's sponsor for the league is Crunch Gym. Uh, our one of our, our photographer from last season, as well as one of our players, Sean McDonald and Dan McDonald, they both work there as um, one. Danny is a sales rep, and Sean is a personal trainer now. Um, so with COVID coming back, not coming back, ending, hopefully you'll be looking to go back to the gym, and Danny will have will be at the field taking pictures sometimes, giving out cards, uh, one day passes, bunch of offers to come back and join the gym for a lower rate. So, um. Shout out to Danny and shout out to Crunch. Yeah. Uh, Kirschman, you ready to get into these teams here? We got we have 14 teams to talk about. So it's gonna be a long podcast. If 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 you know if we spend some time on these teams, it's gonna be a real long one. So <laughs> are you ready to get into it? Uh yeah, no, let's uh let's for sure get on with it. Where do you want to start? Uh we'll go, let's just we can go based on um the draft and go from there. So okay. the first pick in the draft was Dylan Charest's team, TCU. Uh, quarterback Eric Jankowitz, and then the rest of the roster is Dylan, Tyler Andres, Michael Leva, Jason Ramos, or Ramos, Matt Monahan, Ed Zalek, Prem Patel, Angel Diaz, and Matt Ballo. All right, I know, I know you took notes on on this te- on all these teams, Christman. What was uh, what were the some of the things that you wrote down about this this roster you're looking at? Um, first question I have is who is stepping up as the third lineman? Um, it looks like the first two linemen are going to be Tyler Andreas and Jason Ramos, but I'm not really sure who on their roster else plays a line. Uh, will Dylan have to play a little line? Will Matt Monahan be playing line? Not sure what his role will be there. So I'm excited to see if they're using three linemen, who it'll be. And if not, will they be going with a more of like a four receiver or three receivers and a running back? So that's interesting thought about possibly what they're going to do with their offense. Um, their team, I mean, the the weapons that Dylan drafted for this team are phenomenal himself, and he got steals in the sixth and seventh round with Ed Zalek and Prem Patel, two guys that have been in the league before and produced at a high level. Um, so their receiving core is very good. And they also have Michael Leva, who is one of the better athletes in this league, able to make plays. I played with him once, and he was bailing me out all the time. So um, I like the receivers that he paired with Eric. Yeah, when, when you look at this team, I can't see Dylan going to the line. I think they'll probably have – I think you could even throw Ballo on the line as well. Um, I like the, the just the defensive potential in the secondary with Dylan, Ed, Michael Leva, and Prem. Like that, those are four people who could, you know, you know play these, these deep zones, play corner if they have to. So, um, I, I just like – I like the athletes on this team. I think they did a really good job of, you know, obviously Mike Leva falls into your lap. In, uh, in in the spot of the draft that he did. And then I think Ed and Prem also fell right into his lap. Like th- that was too clearly, in my opinion, probably the best playmakers on the board at the time. So that was uh that was, that was a really good draft. I think it went really well. I don't I don't think they could have like in all the mocks that we did, I don't think you could have mocked that one up that Ed and Prem Prem would have been there in the rounds that they were. No, and those those two picks, listen, you usually get studs in the first couple rounds, regardless of what team you are, but it comes down to do you hit on your late picks? Are your late picks good? Are your late picks the kids that people don't know? Do they end up being good or they end up not being as um, good as you wanted them to be? But you're getting two guys in the sixth and seventh round that are proven guys in the league that you know are going to be reliable, make plays on both sides of the ball. So um, all in all, I like TCU's team. I think they are one of, I think as long as Eric is still in his prime form that he was in in the last couple of years, that they'll be looking at championship bust. Yeah, no, I, I think if that's what you asked them, they would say the same thing, that that's a championship or bus team. Yeah. All right, anything else on this one, Kurtzman? Um, 
You have anything um, else you wrote I, down here? No, nothing else I wrote down, really. I just said that I thought that they're – I just like I said, I think their question mark is the offensive line, but they can make up for that with the great playmakers that they have. Um, defensively, I like their versatility, and I think they can play a lot of guys in a lot of spots. I'm excited to see how Angel Diaz uh, plays. I've never seen him play football. don't know who he is. So hopefully he ends up being a better player and continues to play in the league down the road. All right. Uh, let's get into the second pick here. What was the, Who was the second team to have a selection? Second pick, second pick was uh, Florida State, Ollie Garbalato's team. He drafted Justin Ferrara in the first round. Uh, league leader in interceptions last year. Uh, one of the best athletes in the league. One of the best receivers in the league. So, no doubt, good pick at number two. Um, rest of the team is Steve Leibowitz, who dropped massively into the late into the second round. Matt Marola, Matt Ivino, Joe Ivanak, Jay Kodros, Rob Laconte, Joey Wargans, and Fadi Chalet. Okay. Um, I liked this this draft a lot for Augie. I think similarly to, to you, Kurtzman, I, I liked how, you know, we talked about – when me and you talked at the end of last season, I said I like, you know, guys that uh, that like you're, you're really good friends with to have on your team. I think Augie took like a good – did a good job of like drafting a friend group as well. And obviously you pair him with, with Justin, and you know Augie wants to throw the deep ball. And Augie said that he thought that uh, – IB didn't throw Justin the deep ball enough last season. You got to think that Justin's definitely in contention, obviously, for Offensive Player of the Year. Uh, last year, I said Augie MVP. I think Augie actually probably has a better shot of winning it this season than he did last season with the team that he drafted. Um, I, and I heard, you know, Matt, I, you know, I was talking to Sam Allen before the draft, Kurtzman. He, he said that if everyone knew who he was in this league, that he would be probably a first or second round pick. So, I heard that he's a monster. I'm looking forward to watching him play. And if there's, you know, a guy who could bring bring that out in him, and you know, first first time player in the league, Augie, I think is going to do a really good job of getting him involved. Um, yeah, you, you hit on a really lot of good points. Um, Justin is his Connor this year. Connor was uh, amongst the league leaders in all categories until he stopped playing last year due to injury and also going to the Police Academy. Um, uh, it's going to come down to who really steps up as the number two receiver. Will Matt Iovino be that beast that people say that he can be? I know him from chaos. He is a very, very um, enthusiastic lifter. He is very into it, and he seems like he's a very good athlete. But I, like I said, I've never seen him play football, so I have no idea what he's about. Um, if he is up to that level that Sam Allen puts him in, then Augie has no excuse to not be in the finals. Oh, okay. Well, no, because, I mean, on paper, he probably has the best offensive line, Lebo Marola, and then you could throw Kodros on there or Matt Ivino because he's a big, a little bit bigger of a kid. Um, then you also have good receivers. It could be Matt. It could be Jay Kodros. It could be Justin. Uh, and then on defensively, they have a lot of versatility, two of the better defensive linemen in the league. Uh, Augie playing back there in the secondary. Joe Ivanak, good secondary player. Rob Conti in the late rounds, good secondary player, good receiver. So a lot of weapons, a lot of good athletes, um, all friends. So chemistry should be insane. The group chat is probably one of the funnier group chats in the league, just based upon the um, characters that are in that chat. But overall, this team is very deep and very balanced. So Augie really doesn't have an excuse this year. He has to play a lot better. And my first note was, Augie bounce back season question mark yeah I so, think I'm, I'm in on I'm in on the Augie I would also be in on Augie having a good year because let's call it how it is when you're playing with better players you usually play better so I expect this is a better team than he had it with the Panthers no disrespect to the Panthers team but this team is deeper this team is is better top to bottom in my opinion so um I'm probably gonna say this about a, a bunch of teams but their championship are bust like I think every team in the league should be championship robust, but like the players will be very disappointed if they are not in the championship game. Chris was gonna say championship robust 14 times. Yeah, I said it. I said you don't want to see this team in the playoffs 11 times last year, so you'll have that one 14 times this year. Um, I, no, I, I agree though. I really like this team for Augie. I'm really excited to watch this team play. I think they're gonna be electric, and I think if you know if they lock in and they game plan every single week, they're going to be an extremely tough out. So. Uh, that's pretty much it on, on this one here, Chris. I'm excited to watch those guys play. Yep, for sure. Um, okay, the third team with the third pick was Joe Piscopo, Dartmouth. Mm. Um, Dartmouth does not have a mascot. So, don't know what we're doing there. But, uh, so, the Dartmouth team is as follows. Joe Piscopo, Nick Tompkins, Liam Knowles, Mike Musi, 
uh, Joe DeMeo, Nick Wyman, Nick Santuccio, Rich Ritter, Drew Patel, and Joseph Leota. Um, what did I write about this team? First thing I wrote, back-to-back -back years, Joe Piscopo and Tompkins get the steal of the draft. Last year, Douglas. This year, Liam Knowles. Yep. Um, Liam should never have been available with that pick. Um, and I picked and I picked someone before him, but I think a lot of it goes into like, are you trying to make sure you get that first lineman? And if you already have a receiver in the first round, are you look? And then it comes down to personal preference, I guess. But all, all around, Liam Knowles is a first round talent, and Joe is going to have two first round caliber receivers possibly to throw the ball to with uh, Tompkins and Liam. We saw Joe use Tompkins a lot as a receiver um, last season. So I expect that to be again, but Joe Tompkins might have to play a little more line um, on this team. They have Nick Wyman and uh, Muse, but I'm not sure if we want um, Joe DeMeo having to play a lot of line. I think Joe would um, prefer to probably play a little bit less of line, probably more of just being out of the trenches. Um, but regardless, he has three other capable linemen like he had last year with the Cardinals. Um, it seems Joe took my advice. He kind of recreated the Cardinals somewhat. Yeah, no, he he got the steal of the draft again, absolutely, with Liam. Um, him falling to that spot is crazy. Now, he wants – because you know, Joe, he, he wants to probably get Tompkins on the outside. Like, he did it as much as he could last year. So, stacking your team at line and giving yourself that versatility with, you know, being able to put Tompkins out wide is something that Joe obviously wants to do. I'm excited to – I'm going to say I'm excited to watch this team play. I'm, I'm going to say that 14 times, but – yeah, um, I think the addition of Liam kind of adding that to that very similar, you know, Cardinals team from last season, uh, I think that's going to make a, a huge difference for Joe having a, you know, Tompkins bona fide, bona fide number one receiver yes. out of Tompkins. Like last, you're basically yes, two no, disrespect, no disrespect to Ed Zalek, but Liam Knowles is one of the dominant players in this league. Now you're basically replacing Ed Zalek with Liam Knowles. Yeah, no, that that's what I'm saying, and I I was saying that Ed fell way too far in the draft too, but yeah, I think I think that that Liam is is elite, and that is going to be that's another team like Joe is all all the way bought in. Joe told me that he wants to win a bear down championship more than anything. Like he that he Joe, you don't understand how badly Joe wants to win. So if I was someone who got drafted to Joe's team, I'm definitely trying to play for Joe. Like that would be one of the players that I'd be trying to play for in this league. He's all the way in, super dedicated, super focused. And I think, you know, we, we talk about it with, with all the good teams, how prepared they're going to be. I think Joe's already, you know, coming into the draft, he knew exactly what he wanted to do. And uh, I think he went out there and executed in the draft. And I think that he has a very specific way that they're going to play in his mind. And I, I would expect that they do it to, to the best of their capabilities. Yeah, Joe is – always prepared they don't lose because they're not prepared they lose simply because the other team is better than them on that day um joe is a born leader and i would love to play on joe's team if i was in the draft natural born leader yeah he is no um i'm actually scrimmaging joe this saturday upcoming saturday so um what uh we have scrimmages going on i'm pretty sure we have a few scrimmages going on on saturday uh trying to get them at lombardi but i don't know what the uh the snow situation looks like at the Kermo, but probably early in the morning, like 10, 10, 30, 11 o'clock around that time. So uh, yeah, teams are already trying to scrimmage and practice. So if you're not on one of those teams, you should definitely be trying to set up scrimmage practice, something like that. But um, no, I think Pittsburgh is a good team. Rich Ritter, Drew and Joe Leota in the back end of the draft. Rich Ritter had um, Joe, Joe texted me and goes, Rich Ritter stealing the seventh had nine pass breakups and four interceptions last year. So getting a guy that can be that productive on the defensive side and also made plays on offense last year. Um, I expect him to be um, a key part to this defense. Uh, Nick Santuccio is one of their boys from Matawan played on their, uh, in the Monmouth league. I know he's a good receiver, good athlete. So he should be a key contributor for Joe as well. Um, I like their team. They're balanced. They got good receivers and good line play. And if Joe plays as well as he did last year, they should be in that same position to be able to win playoff games. Yeah, I think everyone – the feel from around the league is that everyone likes uh, this team that Joe drafted. So, they're going to be a team that is – I think they could start off hot too, especially early in the season. I would I would not want to see that team. I think they're going to come ready to go. Yeah, they're probably going to be one of the teams – like I always said, like one of my strengths was that my team was always ready the first couple of weeks when other quarterbacks and teams were trying to figure it out. So, I think Joe's going to be on that level this year in terms Agreed. of first couple of weeks having Agreed. an edge, a little bit of an edge. Agreed. Let's move on to the next. Right, 
Yeah, that was a little bit long on Dartmouth. Good for yeah. good for you guys. You got a longer, you got a longer talk than most. All right, uh, fourth pick was Nick Suroff. He took Joe Pip. He's representing or- the Oregon Ducks this season. Um, team is Nick Suroff, Joe Pip, Steve Bowen, Zach Charay, uh, Amir Chambers, Justin Santiago, Jack Kujit, Justin Suarez, John Romano, Anthony. I'm gonna par- uh, mispronounce his last name, but Anthony Hyde Okay. Um. Yeah, so what do I think about this team? So Oregon, they have possibly the best receiver trio in the league in Pip, Bolin, and Zach Charay. Suroff took a, I would call a little bit of an unconventional approach for a guy who likes to sling the rock rather than uh, run more by taking three top receivers and no linemen. Um, He got pretty good lineman value in the later, in the fourth and fifth round with Amir and... Uh, Amir and Justin Santiago, two guys that have played line in this league for a long time. Uh, Justin played in high school. Amir, just a very big body. Um, coming in also with something improved based on his uh, Instagram stories before the draft. Um, I'm, they're going to have a, uh, the third receiver, the third receiver, no, the third lineman, either Justin Suarez or John Romano. Maybe they go four linemen sometimes. Um, this is going to have to be a team effort to give Sir off the time to make place to these guys uh, in space. Pip, Bowen, Zach, like I said, three of the best receivers in the league. So yeah. they it's gonna be a tough handle trying to guard them each week. I have I had them, I was talking to Chris about the teams. I had them as probably the you could put them. I, I don't know if I'm taking any three, like uh the receiving core, three players over Pip, Bowen, and Zach, because I think that is and especially defensively too, because I think Zach, Zach and and Pip are probably two of the five best flag grabbers in the league. Like I remember last season just watching Zach. Zach makes so many good plays on the flag. And I, I've talked about it with Pip, too. I said Pip is probably – him and Jack Starner are up there for the best two-way players in the league in terms of – and Justin, obviously, in terms of what they bring in terms of, you know, being able to guard and pull the flag. So, uh, I, I just think they're going to be really good defensively. You know, Suroff is super into the league. Um, you know, having having that, he I kind of did the same thing as a few of these other teams, Chris. But like, he went back and took a bunch of his boys from last season, Bullen, Zach, and Amir. If I'm correct, those are the three that are on his team from last season, right? Yes. Yeah, and, and you know, you go with that core that got you one play away from almost beating Sobes and, and advancing to the championship. So I think he had that that approach, like, all right, I'm gonna get my guys back. I'll add Joe Pip to the team, and I'll work from there. And I, I think he did a good job of, of executing that. I, I felt like he was very prepared for the draft because in all the mocks we did, we were not expecting, uh, we were not expecting them to take Steve in the second round and then Zach in the third. We thought, we kind of thought that Zach was going to your team, Kurtzman and uh, Suroff takes him. So uh, that's a, that's a good job by, by Suroff and Pip on their game planning and draft execution. Yeah. I can't even give Pip credit here. He was uh, drunk at his sister's wedding rehearsal. So there's no way he was a part of this draft. I didn't, um, I didn't know that. I thought he was game planning with Suroff. No, uh, he gave, he might have game planned before, but I think Suroff went off game plan because I talked to Suroff before the draft too, and he told me something completely different. But maybe he was smoke screening. Who knows? Yeah. But um, no, nah, um, I think he got good experience outside of his top guys. I think he got really good experience, flag experience in the late rounds. He took Justin Suarez, who's been playing in flag leagues forever, very good flag grabber. Jack Kujit, who was almost sleeper of the year last year. Um, John Romano, who's been playing in the league for a long time, also a very sneaky, good flag grabber, yeah. makes a lot of plays on defense. And um, Anthony Hadnyak, um, he plays in other leagues based on his Instagram and what I've seen. So he got experience in the late rounds. So I think that's a big thing. I think it comes down to, can they protect Suroff and give him the opportunity to make, let Joe Pip Bowen and Zach Shray make plays down the field. Um, line has to live up to the billing Amir. He traded up for Amir. So Amir has got to be that first round town that he wants, that he says he is. That uh, the experience in the late rounds, that's a good quote. Like that, That's a really good thing to have on your team. And all the guys you named are definitely scrappy players that are veterans in the league. And, you know, obviously, like you said, experienced flag players, which at the end of the day, there's nothing that's more important than pulling a flag. So as, as weird as it may sound, a lot of people that are new to the league aren't good at pulling flags right away. And having guys on your team that know how to pull the flag and know how to play flag football makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, no, and I'm even going to go one step further. In years past, in the first couple games, you can if you can see someone isn't pulling a flag or two, go at them. Like that, getting those extra five, seven, eight yards because someone misses a flag and you're able to get get up the field are very important. So just little keys to look for. You you notice someone's missed a couple flags, go back at them, see what they got. 
Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I I think uh, I'm always dropping I'm always dropping God tidbits on this podcast. <laughs> go go on, people. No, it is. We and we talk about it and we'll say it on the podcast a thousand times, pulling flags um in the beginning of the season is really everything. I'm excited to watch uh to start off, you know, with little little revenge tour, honestly, was one play away from the uh one play away from going to the championship there. And I think, you know, we talk about him slinging the rock. He's got the three guys to throw the ball to. So this is going to be a team that I don't think should have any struggle moving the ball at all. No, uh, it, their offense, his offense will be better this year than it was last year. I know they had a lot of games last year where they were struggling to even pick up first downs at times. So I expect a way more uh, experience in our league. Sir off. Oh my God, Luka Doncic. Um, but uh, yeah, I really like the Oregon team and I'm going to be seeing them week one. So we got to be ready for it. All right, let's go on to the next team here. All right, next team is my team, the Wyoming, uh, the Wyoming Cowboys. I took Mike Danino in the first round, followed by Matt Hughes, Ryan Morick, Damian Lawaka, Dean Robentini, Pat Reddington, Rob Reddington, Dom Gutowski, and James Whitcock. Yeah. Talk about your team, Christian. How you feeling? How's the group chat after the first few days? Uh, group chat's good. We've been talking a bunch, trying to set up practices. Like I said, we have a scrimmage set for this Saturday. I got eight of my guys showing up. So, um, it, I, it should be interesting. My favorite this is always my favorite part of the year. Cause it's just kind of the building of building a new unit to be a cohesive unit on both sides of the ball. You'll see if you're there on Saturday, you'll see me coaching up any players on my team. Whenever I see something that I think needs to be changed, they need to do differently. Um, it's, it, it's a relaxed environment in our group. I think everyone knows that we have the talent to make a run and it's going to come down to just being execu- executing and being prepared and executing the game plans that we uh, create each week. Um, I like my athletes with the Reddington brothers and Dino, and I love my linemen with Hughes, Morick and Dean. Uh, I'm going to try to get Damien in a more of a defensive line only role so he can be super fresh. I'm going to get him in on offense. Like I always do. I'm trying to get everyone good playing time at, at all positions. Um, but I think I have a versatile team that can make a lot of plays. So I'm excited to uh, see what we're about. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm really, I'm really excited. I got three of my guys from work. I will two of my guys. And obviously Rob is Pat's brother, but I work with Pat and James. I'm excited to watch them oh play in the God, league. I know, I know that uh, <laughs> as Luca hits a buzzer beater, I know that um, that Pat is actually hurt right now, so I'm assuming he's going to be the one that's not on your at the scrimmage, right, Kurtzman? Pat will not be there. Yes. Yeah, I, I know he's, he's his thumb's hurt right now, but that gives other guys chance to step up. I'm really, I, I, I we talked about it, Kurtzman. I think this is this is your chance right here. This is this is your moment. This got to be your team. You got to be the unquestioned leader, and you got to go for, and you got to go for it. You got to win the championship this year. This is this is everything for you, Kurtzman. I, I know I'm not not trying to put the pressure on you, but I think you have a squad that could do it. I think that your team, obviously, you guys are going to move the ball. I think this year it comes down to to you not turning the ball over on these conversions. Like last year, it, it was it was a lot of that. I think you need to like. There's no reason why you should lead the league in interceptions, and I don't think that you'll have another year like that. I'm th- I'm looking at you as as you got to win MVP championship this season, Kurtzman, to really solidify what you got going on in your legacy. I should have won MVP one of the last three years. But, but you got to be MVP Finals MVP. Yeah, well, no, listen, I think we have the team. A lot of guys at the beginning of the – when I sent out the initial text, a lot of guys were like, yo, we're going to get you this ring. This is a really good team. We're ready for it. Uh, so the guys are ready for it. They understand it's championship or bust. I know it's championship or bust. I didn't make it out of the first round this year. That's why I'm playing Sir off week one to, you know. Oh, I didn't realize that. That's a revenge game for you off, off the rip. I got to remind the league was good. I didn't have I didn't have four of my guys at the game, so we'll see what we'll see what happens week one. We'll be ready, but uh, it's gonna be a good season for the Wyoming uh, Wyoming Cowboys. I'm sure of it. Yeah, I'm really I'm really looking forward to watching Mike, Pat, Rob, James, Dean, that your whole your whole squad. You have a really good offensive squad, and I'm sure you'll be ready to go defensively as well. I'm just uh, I, I think you got this is this is a really good opportunity for you, really good team for you. So I'm happy that this is what you did in the draft as well. I liked your approach. Yeah, I know some people probably didn't, um, but they're not me and they don't know how I play and what I need to be successful. So we're ready to go. All right, let's go on to the next team. All right, uh, Ole Miss, led by Tommy Galante, drafted Austin Ehrenfeld, Paulie Caldonado, Dane Lupton, Giuseppe Capasso, Steve Verdesco, Ryan Rougeau, John Guzman, uh, Dan Dexter, and Chris Valinati to round out the squad. Um, Tommy. Re, first four picks redrafted his same team from last year. Um, 
Some may scoff at the idea and say, you got outed in the first round. Why are you going back with the same team minus Abby? Other others might be saying that's a smart idea. Maybe they're not the, maybe those aren't the guys, even though I don't disagree with some of the picks. Um, if those are the guys that he feels comfortable playing with and he has good chemistry with, then you got to roll with those guys. Uh, Tommy obviously thinks very highly of Paulie moving him up to a second round pick this year. I also think Paulie's a very good player and worthy of that selection. Austin, one of the best linemen in the league, led the league in sacks last year. Dane proved to be a very good offensive and defensive player for uh, Patriots last year. And Giuseppe was um, amongst league leaders in all the category in all offensive categories. So uh, Tommy's going to move the ball on offense. Tommy is a, is a beast at quarterback. He makes all the throws. And this year, hopefully, guys like Dan Des- Dexter, John Guzman, Chris Valinati, and Ryan Rougeau can just add to that depth in the receiving core. Um, he picked up a third lineman in Verdesco to go with Dane and Austin. So they got the pieces. It just comes down to does the chem- does chemistry outweigh maybe talent in some scenarios? I think Tommy, when he drafted this team, Chris, when he, I think he said to himself, we, we lost a lot of games last year that we could have won. So I think he, he was like, I want to run it back with these guys and maybe make a, a few little tweaks to it. Obviously, you knew he was going to come in, take Giuseppe. We knew he was taking Austin as well, moved up in the second round, like you said, for Paulie. I just feel like he wanted to run it back. Like they left something, you know, on the table. Like they, they had a few games that they felt like they could have won. They got hot towards the end of the season. They were one of the teams we were talking about that was really coming on strong at the end of the season. So uh, I listen, Tommy, you know how I feel about Tommy. I think Tommy could be on any given Sunday, the best quarterback in the league. So I, I we have, you know, we talked about championship or bust. I think Tommy's thinking the same thing. Like he definitely coming in here thinking he could win the league. I think he's got his guys. And I, I like the additions, you know, you, you, t- you said he took the first the first four rounds of the same guys he took last season. I like the additions that he added to the squad, picking up Verdesco, who you know could snap the entire game if you need him to, tries his absolute hard out on every single play. You pick up Rougeau, who's a great rotational player in the league, was on your team last season, right? He was on your team last season, made, yes. plays, made plays for you as well. So I think Tommy did a good job, did his homework, took guys that, that could play later in the later rounds. So... I think this is going to be a team that when we slot the playoff teams, I think this is uh, pretty much a consensus playoff team for most people. Um, yeah, I think that they should be in the playoffs. I, I mean, listen, I think it's hard to also say, I think there's going to be three, there's going to be four good teams that don't make the playoffs this year in the league. Yeah, so no, I agree. I, I, and <laughs> so, yeah, so like, I don't even know. I can't even, I can't even give you consensus playoff teams right now. Cause I haven't seen any of these teams on the field together, but um. I'm intrigued by their the three last picks. Uh, John Guzman is a looks like he, he was a high school volleyball player. Looks like a, a good athlete. So if he's able to give them an extra surge on the offense, that's great. Dan Dexter has been playing with Giuseppe for a while, so um, he introduced him to the league, got him in this year. So he is looking to make an impact in his first season. And then Chris Valnati tweeted to the league that he's the best known secret in the best unknown secret. That's what he said. Yeah, he said he's ready to ball. So we'll see what happens. Um, I think uh, for a kid, like just saying anyone like Chris Valinati, who like is new to the league, was drafted in the late rounds. Um, Tommy throws to everybody, it seems like. Yeah. On the outsides, at least. So um, I imagine that if you're on the field, that he's going to throw you the ball. So you're going to have opportunities. And if you're as good as you say you are, you're going to be getting the ball fed to you. So um, excited for the Ole Miss team. Excited for Tommy Gallant a year two. He was really good at the end of last season. Yeah, Tommy was electric. We're, I'm ready to see him go. I think he's a dark horse MVP candidate. Okay. Um, let's move on to the next team. Alabama Crimson Tide, represented by Emmerich Sawyer. Okay. Uh, team is Abby Mansare, uh, Wiz Doncor, Dev DeGrasse, Brian Duncan, Joe Denoya, Paul Carter, Rob Benitez, Femi Adelaide, and Angelo Pizzuto. Um. I'm going to say it right now, a lot of question marks. I can probably go down the list and give you questions, but they're not all question marks that um, everyone in the league has more than what I have. Um, is Abby showing up to a lot of games? And is when he shows up, is he giving, is he giving you 100%? Um, Dev DeGrasse, never seen him play football. Emmerich says he's going to be a dynamic athlete and a very good player, and I expect yeah. him to be, but I've never seen him play. Brian Duncan, uh, he should also be a good player in the league based on his size and stature, but I'm not sure. I've never seen him play football. I know he played at the D3 level, so we'll see what happens there. And then you get Jordan Noya, probably the kid who tries the hardest in the league, guaranteed. And I love that pick for – Yeah, Emmerich wanted him. Emmerich wanted him on the team. No, I love that pick for Emmerich in the fifth round. That was a great pick for him. 
Um, he gets his boy, Paul Carter, Rob Benitez, big kid, six, eight could play line, could do a lot of different things. Probably uh, apparently has good hands. So, um, we'll see what he's able to do with that size. And then you have Femi who is playing in the league for the second year, made a couple contributions to the bills. Um, hopefully he builds up and gets a big second year. And then Angelo Pizzuto, I've never seen you play, um, any athletics in my life. And I hope you are a good addition to the Alabama team. It's a lot of people we don't know on this team. So we, we won't have as much to say on them after, after the first week, we're probably going to have so much more to say on the people we've never seen before. The first, first, yeah. It's gonna, yeah. I imagine the, the first pod is going to be the newcomer pod. hundred yeah, percent. I feel like the week one recap is going to be very long due to the fact that we're going to be talking about a lot of new players and what we saw out of them. Yeah. No, make sure if you're new, make sure if you're new not to miss week one. Um, also, I'll just say now, if you're listening, um, everyone, two teams, four teams, we're playing doubleheaders each week. So try not to miss the week your team is playing a doubleheader. Yes. Yeah, we'll exactly. be out soon. Um, so we'll no. get that out to everyone as soon as we can. Uh, but, yeah, back to Alabama. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm ready for Emmerich's team because Emmerich was excited to be a captain. He said he's tired of losing in the league. I don't think he would have brought Devin to play quarterback if he didn't think he could win with him. Emmerich has a good grip on the talent in the league and what it takes to win at the quarterback position. So if Dev's Emmerich's quarterback, I'm going to go out on a limb and assume that he's going to be very good. So um, it, it's all their boys. They took Abby. I think that's the team that could get the best out of Abby if there's a team that could do it. Um, they took Wiz in the second round as well. Emmerich thought that Wiz was the best lineman on the board. And if, if you ask Emmerich, Emmerich probably would have took Wiz before any lineman. That's that's how Emmerich feels, and I and I, and I'm excited to see Wiz with the team that fully believes in him and said you got to be our number one lineman on both sides of the ball. So uh, that's a team that's going to be pretty dynamic. Emmerich is excited to be. I know he's excited to play receiver with Dev, and he he what he told me. I said it on on the quarterback podcast where we talked about all the quarterbacks a little bit and who the captains were in the league. Emmerich said that outside of probably in Bimbo, Dev is going to be the most dynamic athlete in the league at quarterback. So that's a. Big expectations I'm seeing there. Emmerich hasn't seen me play. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I expect Dev to be um, very good. Uh, maybe not early on because it is always a little bit of an adjustment playing in a new league, getting to up to the speed with everyone and kind of seeing how it goes. But I expect by mid-season, year-end, we'll see a very good version of Dev DeGrasse playing quarterback. Yeah, I agree. I feel like he's going to be a guy moving forward for us. Yep. Um, all right, the next team, uh, reigning MVP in the league, league runner-up this past season, uh, Zach Sobieski representing the LSU Tigers. He drafted Matt Esposito with his first pick. Mike Body, Tommy Torrey, Connor Friel, Jake Sobes, Cody Norin, Luca Duccio, Sean Solarzano, and Eddie Welsh. Um, first I, thing I – oh, go. You go I first. Say, go first. I, want go. To say, I want to say, I asked Bo, I was talking to Spo today, um, I asked him if he wants me to what narrative he wants me to paint on on him and his team this season. <laughs> I was like, "Do you want me yeah. to come out and say that you should that you should be the offensive player of the year uh, favorite? Should, should I make you my offensive player of the year pick?" And he said to me, "He's like, you know, I don't like being in the spotlight. I'd rather be the underdog." So, um, with that so being with that being said, though, Casey I think Holmes gonna love that. Yeah, <laughs> with that with that being said, though, I think that this is going to be a squad. I think Sobes gets his boy, Mike body back who we saw what, what body was doing in the league uh, before he got injured, obviously took him in the second round. So, you know, that he's going Spo and body and those guys are going to be like, Spo. we saw one thing about uh, Sobes last year. He throws this guy, the ball, like he threw Augie, the ball when Augie was the number one receiver and he threw doing the ball. I think Dylan had a touchdown in every single game last season. Correct. He did. So you're looking at Spo to probably do the same thing. Like you would the, the over under Spo touchdowns every single game would be like one and a half. So um, he's he's looking for him to do that. He took him with the was it seventh overall pick, right? Uh, eighth, eighth overall pick. So um, big shoes for for Spo to fill, following up in Dylan's footsteps from last season. But Spo told me today he wants to win a championship more than anything. Yeah, no. Um, listen, man. No, there's no beating around the bush. Um, when you get drafted as Sobes, you immediately know you have a very good chance of winning the championship. And that automatically rejuvenates any, every uh, player on that team, because it just says, all right, if we can just go out and play our best each week, we have the guy behind center that's going to be able to get it done. Um, Sobes has proved year in, year out that he's one of the best quarterbacks in this league. He throws his guys the ball. I expect Spo and Mike Body to be eating at all three levels of the field. Yeah. Um, he drafted his guys, guys he likes. Uh, he got Cody Norton back. He got his brother, Jake Sobieski, in the league. Um, Connor Friel, 
another return to the league after, uh, I guess he's home from school for this semester because of COVID. Um, Luca Duccio, when his Spose boys from Matawan plays five football. I don't know anything about Sean Salarzano, yeah. except that he is super excited to play. Uh, I He DM'd the chat, he DM'd the Instagram saying that he was excited to be playing with Sobes. And uh, Eddie Welsh, Lee Darling, um, guy who will voluntarily play both sides of the ball line and also knows his role in the team. So, and Eddie's also a great guy for the, uh, for the locker room. So, uh, <laughs> I think LSU, I think Sobes actually drafted a good team. I think the narrative could be out, uh, could be over with Sobes not knowing how to draft. Yeah, uh, no, I think, I think he drafted, uh, I think Connor Friel at, at the pick he got him at as well was, was, it was a big steal in the draft. I thought Connor was really good in the league last time he played, even though he, Moved from uh, we took him off uh, quarterback, but yeah, I thought he was pretty good on defense and offense when when he had his opportunities. Yeah, Connor is a very good athlete, and he's put on he's put on some weight, like good weight, like strength. And I'm pretty sure he's playing a lot of going to be playing in the trenches a lot this year for LSU. Yeah. So um, got a very versatile roster. I'm obviously excited to see Sobes play. I'm a little upset that the first week of the season I played at the same time as him, so I'm not gonna be able to watch him play because. Watching Sobes play is always a delight. You always see some uh, throws you don't expect to see. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited for the LSU team. And, um, yeah, uh, I really got nothing more to say. We're ready to watch Sobes play. Obviously, you could say it, Christian. This one's championship or bust. Oh, I mean, if Sobes doesn't make the finals, the season's a failure for him 100%. If he doesn't win MVP, I think he would also find it as a little bit of a failure because mm. – He's a guy that leads the league in all – usually is amongst the leaders in all most passing categories. So, he's got two guys that are able to help him get there again. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the next team, I believe, was – oh, we actually skipped over a team. I went – I messed up the order. Go, go back. <laughs> no, you're good. Yeah, uh, we're going to Michigan State. They were actually the seventh pick. I don't know why I thought Emmerich had the seventh pick in the draft. But um, Michigan State, led by Sam Allen uh drafted his boy nick douglas who he had when he last played quarterback for notre dame and douglas was mvp candidate uh defense player of the year and much more for sam uh i think that sam Did Douglas Allen, break the single game receiving record for yes that that was what i that was what i was referring to with the more he broke the receiving record for most reception uh most receiving yards in a game i think it was 170 or something along those yeah. lines um Sam drafted a team that I he is drooling over. I'll read it out. Sam Allen, Nick Douglas, John Hasser, who's a um, a good receiver from Nick Douglas's Skamook teams, Zach Bilheimer, Sean McDonald, Alex Kalka, Nick King, Trevor Garland, Steve Schaefer, and Frankie Caruso. Um, first, I'll come out and say it. Frank Caruso in the last round, uh, yeah. even if he's not the, the same athlete he was back in high school, Frank Caruso was a good athlete in high school. And I expect Frank Caruso to actually play a pretty key role for his Michigan State team. I'm not sure where he's going to play on the field. I could see him uh, rushing the passer at D-line. Um, also probably playing some offensive line. I know he's a good athlete, so I assume he can catch the ball. So um, right there, I'll say he nailed a ninth round pick. Um, I love his his line with Nick Douglas, uh, Kalka, Steve Schaefer, Frank Caruso is going to play probably play a little line. Zach Billheimer might get on the line a little bit. Um, and then on the other side with defensive line, Douglas and Billheimer, that's just have fun trying to block that. Yeah, Sam was was definitely super hyped about this draft. I told you that he wanted to take Bellheimer in the first, ended up getting him in the third. So he he definitely felt like he had a, a phenomenal draft. I thought Frankie Caruso, I said it on the live stream. I was like, there's a name. I, th- I think this is like the seventh round or sixth round. I was like, there's a name out there that I think is a really good athlete. I played. I used to play baseball at Frankie. I always thought Frankie was a good athlete. So I think getting him in the last round is going to prove out to be, you know, a huge deal for them because I think he's someone who could absolutely could contribute probably right away for their team. And if there's one thing about Sam, you know he's going to put his guys in the best position to succeed. I think he executed his draft plan probably better than he even thought he would have. Uh, he texted me saying he he loves his team. So uh, he's he's definitely really excited about that team. He's definitely really happy that that's how the draft turned out for him. And I think he's got all guys who want to go and want to play for him. So I think that's that's the biggest and best part of, of his team. Yeah, um, I think Sam drafted a lot of versatile guys. Uh, Nick King in the secondary is going to play a big role. He drafted Nick King with Notre Dame. Yep. Um, one kid yeah, I'm excited I to – I forgot Nick was on his Notre Dame team. Yeah. Uh, one kid I'm excited to see play Trevor Garland. Uh, he's actually Sam Allen's cousin. So I was, that was the first thing I learned. Um, and Trevor plays quarterback for Kane. He's about, uh, he's on the roster at Kane for quarterback. So 
is Sam going to allow Trevor Garland to get snaps? Sam wrote me a long quote, like like a like a statement from the Michigan State team. I'm not reading it. Basically, he said they'll evaluate the team week in and week out and make decisions based on that. Um, but Trevor Garland is a good athlete from what I can see, and he plays quarterback. So there's a little bit more versatility there for the roster. And yeah, I think that this team fits Sam Allen's play style. And he should be getting the ball to Hassert, McDonald, and uh, Nick King a bunch. Yeah, I I think. Oh, I'm, how could I forget? I'm sorry, Steve Schaefer, great center, was four and one when playing center. Yes, so another guy on the offensive line able to. Uh, I'm pretty sure he also caught 14 of 15 targets last year, Steve Schaefer. So he's got mitts. You, got, you, have, the, uh, you have the GSA advanced. Uh, analytics yes i got said the analytics from jason gomes prior to the podcast no i like i like uh i really like this team for sam excited to to watch they're bought into and your point about trevor garland we were watching this huddle i think if trevor garland gets a chance to play quarterback on this team because sam is not afraid to mix it up sam wanted to get snaps last season on on the on uh the bucks when joe demeo was the quarterback so i think sam will definitely have some definitely have a probably a package for trevor to play quarterback definitely to throw some confusion at team so i'm uh i'm ready to watch them play and i'm excited to see how he uses everyone on the team yep for sure all right um let's go to the next team the 10th pick in the draft was oh purdue purdue being led by Deshaun robinson um, newcomer to the league, played in our basketball league, was a monster basketball player, uh, told us he played quarterback. And uh, we were not – we had no reason not to believe that he would be good at quarterback. Let me just put – I'll make that plain and simple. I expect him to be good. Um, he brought in a few of his friends, Rashid Howard, Jaleel Coleman, and Nick Mergel or Mergel. And then he drafted the rest of his squad with Johnny Samarco, Rob Torino, Anthony Rodriguez, Taz Hader, um, Darnell Sessler, and Ali Ahmed Shah. I think, you know, we talked about Deshaun. I don't know a lot of the people on this roster. I will say, though, Kurtzman, you can back me up. I have been saying that Johnny Samarco is the most underrated part in the league. Yes, you have been saying that. And I think him getting Johnny was huge. And then him holding on and saying, no, I'm not going to trade Johnny was huge, too. Um, I love that pick. Uh, Taz, I'm excited to watch Taz back in the league. Taz said he's playing defensive line now, Kurtzman. He said he, he said it's over for all the quarterbacks. That's what he texted me. Yeah, so, I mean, listen, we'll, we'll I think, that. listen, we talked about it on the other podcast. If Deshaun is throwing Sheed alley-oops in our basketball league, I can only imagine that he's going to be throwing him fades at the end zone in our football league. I feel like that has a pretty direct correlation. Um, I think I think that Deshaun, we talk, I said it about Dev, I think Deshaun has the chance to be the most dynamic athlete at quarterback in the league. Like he's just, he's just a stud athlete. We trusted him to do it. I really don't have much to say on this team, probably outside of the fact that they might be the most interesting watch week one for me. Like I might want to watch this game more than any other game. Cause I'm just, Deshaun was the leading scorer of our basketball league. He was scoring 60, 60 points a game. So <laughs> not actually 60, but yeah, he was definitely going off. The, uh, yeah. He was scoring 60 in a game, but he was, he was snapping. So I think he has the potential to light up the league as well here for football. Yeah, so with that, with you, what you said about them being the number one watch possibly for you in week one, they play against IB. So, oh my God. Um, welcome to the league week one. I guess how the schedule works. I don't think there's going to, there's no cupcakes, no cupcake games this year. I think every game is, is going to be a dogfight regardless. So, um, I think from this team, you're going to see a lot of athletic and really big plays from them, but I could see the little things being the problems. Like, um, I don't know. Oh, flag grabbing um getting out of the huddle with a good plays being having good chemistry i just think that um the, just be, with uh, coming into the league newcomers a lot of newcomers they have one two three four five six 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 of their ten guys never played a snap in the league before um another another one hasn't played in multiple years so i just think that early on week one maybe week two they're just they're doing the they're getting the little things wrong going maybe going off sides um, acclimated to game speed type things like that but they have the athletes to make plays and kind of uh, mask those possible errors that they make yeah. in the game but 
they're going to be assuming those are theirs. Like we don't even know if that's true. They could have amazing flag grabbers on their team. Oh, they could be. I'm literally going off of the fact that they haven't played in the league and I haven't seen them play flag football. Yeah, um, that's yeah, that's literally that's that's my point on this team is yeah, I don't really have much we're, we're gonna learn. We're probably gonna learn the most about this team after we went along with Emmerich's team and Florida, who we'll talk about in a little bit. Yes, let's move on to the next team here. Yeah, we'll move on to the next team. Uh, Texas Tech. Jelani Prince drafted the team. He is with Steve Ruiz, Billy D'Amato, Anthony Latempa, John Harnish, Mikey Freeman, James Williams, Abdul Sakar, Drizzy Dritton, and Jeff Graham. Good. Um, well, all, uh, Jelani and Steve, two great receivers, played together in high school with Billy, who is making his league debut after a long, long awaited, honestly. We've been trying to get him in the league for a while. Uh, saw him play at the one-day tournament. He was lighting it up a little bit with Jelani and Steve, along with others. So I'm just excited to see what those three can be on a bring on a week-to-week basis. Yeah. Um, they drafted a pretty good team behind those three with Latempa and Harnish to hold down the line with James Williams. Yeah. Um, I probably expect Jeff Graham to play a little offensive line, possibly. I know. Um, I've heard possible about rumors. They drafted Mikey Freeman, who I think is very underrated in this league. He might not have the stats over the seasons to prove it, but when he was on my Browns team, he played very pivotal roles in our defensive schemes. I could trust him in the secondary. I could trust him to make the flag grab when the ball was thrown in his direction. So I think they have a good team, a lot of, a lot of veterans to the league, and they have a lot of uh, weapons for Billy to throw the ball to. If Billy is still being able to make those throws down the field and also play, know how to manage the game, I think this team will be really good. Yeah, Jelani and Steve are going to be two of the most dynamic playmakers in the league. Um, we saw that they were they were good offense in the in the one day tournament. What's killed them, Kurtzman, which is a little bit different than you know the way our actual league runs is. If you remember, they couldn't snap the ball, and in the one day tournament, if the ball if the snap hit the ground, you know the play was dead. So in that it was, that was really killing their offense. I think they're going to be able to move the ball just fine. Their offensive line, like you said, with Latempa, Harnish, and J.K. Will, I think they'll be solid. Like this is going to be a really, really solid team. My point with um, Billy, Steve, and Jelani is they, you know, they played high school ball together. They've they've thrown thousands of routes with each other. They know exactly. Billy knows how to throw Steve the ball. He knows how to throw Jelani the ball. So I think between those two guys, you're probably looking at like 20 targets a game right there. No, and that, listen, you know me. That's one thing I always preach is throw your best players the ball. So, and I don't think this team is going – I don't think I'm ever going to have to say that about Billy D'Amato one time this year yeah. to uh, reemphasize throwing those two guys the ball. Like we said, both dynamic dynamic, guy, dynamic playmakers, dynamic receivers. I'm, I'm just more so looking forward to making sure that this offensive line protects Billy and gives Billy time to throw. I like, um, their, I like their line. I, I told you I love the John Harnish pick. We no, love that he went out, took Latempa, and, and the John Harnish pick as well. No, I do. I like their line. I just need to see them hold up. That's all. And, I, I, and Jake Hill will competes his ass off on the line too. So Jake Hill will also one of the better flag grabbers in the league. Communicates yes. very well. Good team leader to have on your team. So I like that pick also. Um, no, I like their team. I think that as long as their top three guys are playing well and their offensive line is able to hold up, they should be in good shape. Yeah. No. Yeah. Definitely. This is another team that's high up on the week one watch list. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, let's go to the 12th pick in the draft. The 12th pick was Jarrock representing Florida. Uh, if, you got none of, if you guys don't know Jarrock, Jarrock uh, is um, a very good flag football player who's been playing flag football for a very long time. Um, he runs his own league, uh, and he wanted to be a part of ours this year after playing a few games last year with Surf on the Bills. He yep. wanted to get his own team and play quarterback, bring in a few of his guys, introduce introduce them to our style. I'm actually playing as a sub in his league um, this season. Very interesting. Yeah. Wait, I, I mean, I don't know why it's interesting. I'm just playing. I just I no, no. I'm saying interesting that you're you're in someone else's league as a sub. Like that's that's funny. Yeah, no, he, he texted me and asked me if I wanted to play in the league. And I was like, yeah, I don't know if I can commit every week. He's like, all right, then be a sub. And I was like, sounds good. So I, re- I signed up and uh, I'm going to get one of those player card things. So I'm excited. Nice. But uh, no, but uh, back to their team, Gerard Gaines. He drafted Jarwar Singh in the first round. One thing I want to say about that is, man, when I draft guys, they go up and draft the next, they go up in their position the next you draft. Got, you, you drive people's draft stock up? Hundred percent, but Jar, Jar Jarwar was probably someone that I didn't do anything to actually make their draft stock up because he kind of did everything himself. He was leading the league in sacks prior to getting concussed late in the season, and he was a dominant offensive lineman. I know all the defensive linemen in the league were like, "Nah, Jarwar is very good blocker." So, 
Um, a great first round pick. Jarrock wanted a, the best lineman on the board, and I thought that was the best lineman on the board at the time. Um, he pairs that with Xavier Madera, Will Saba, who are two his two boys that he's bringing in. Joe Del Bahametri, who I expect to be an absolute monster on the line for him. He drafted Matt DeFilippis, who is a um, college shot putter. So I also he's a big kid. Expect him to be good online. Yeah. Um, I think they got a steal in the sixth round with Nick Zalek. Ooh. Nick Zalek. Yeah, they have a big team. Big team. Um, that was one thing Jarrock emphasized to me when I was kind of guiding him in his direction that he wanted to draft. He said he wanted big guys, big guys, playmakers. Um, Nick Z- and then as soon as he said that, I was like, all right, well, Nick Zalek fits that billing. He is a very athletic kid. Um, I would say he had a disappointing rookie season. I agree. Um, I expected. I, I, I have higher expectations for Nick than that. Yeah, I had higher expectations, but also I believe that the, the round he was drafted, it didn't help those expectations because he was drafted in the third round, which meant that you gotta be you gotta be a player every week if you're a third round pick. Now Nick comes in as a sixth round pick on this team where the pressure isn't on to be um, maybe a touchdown guy every week. So I expect Nick in this second, third receiver role to be very good with Jarrock. Jarrock, I know from Skamoog likes to give his guys chances to make plays on the ball, and Nick can probably jump as high as anyone in the league. Yeah, I've never seen Jarrock play quarterback, so that's definitely – like he's another guy who we're probably going to spend 20 minutes on in the first Yeah, week. for sure. Uh, rounding out his team is Derek Reynolds, who I also think could be a sleeper in this uh, in this draft. He's a uh, quick slot receiver. Mahmood, who was amongst the league leaders in pass breakups. Yep. And Ryan Osbar, who is new to the league. Um yeah, I, I like his team. I think he got good value in the late rounds, and he got some dogs. But this is a, another team with a lot of newcomers to the league. Uh, if I count correctly, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven newcomers, but guys who have been playing flag football their whole lives. So I'm not expecting there to be much of a learning curve. Yeah. Um, I think their team is balanced. They have three good offensive linemen. And they have a bunch of receivers and they have Jarrock who I've seen play and he's going to run. So be ready for it. Uh, but he's capable of making the plays. You know, you know my philosophy, Chrisman. Yeah. You are only, you only like quarterbacks that can run at least a four or what, two. Yeah. You have to be, if you can't run, you can't, you, if you, you just got to run. Yeah, you can't all, play when all else fails, just run, just run, especially in the fight football league. Just run, dude, just run. I'm excited. Uh, I, I, I can't wait. Jarrock plays. You said he's his. Jarrock seems like he just loves flag football. So Jirak I'm ready. I'm ready to see Jirak what he's got. Jarrock is obsessed with flag football. Yeah, I'm ready to see uh, what he's got. No, for sure. Uh, so yeah, I think our team will probably be talking a lot more about after the week one pre after the week one pod. Um, wait, where am I looking? Okay, the 13th pick in the draft, the reigning champion Anthony Mbimbo, representing the University of Georgia this season. Um, I'd be coming off another phenomenal season in the league, capped off with his second championship, his first Finals MVP. Um, he's the guy that everyone's chasing. I wrote on this. I wrote on the tweet. It was funny. I actually, when I tweeted out that the podcast is being recorded tonight, I I wrote who is the team to beat, but. The team to beat is IB, and the yeah. team to beat is Georgia. They IB has been responsible for the last two championships, um, and he has every right to be, have the target on his back. We're all chasing it. Um, IB pairs his himself with Jack Starner, Nick Sedano, Tyson Townsend, and TJ Angstad. Right there, I'm going to say that's might be the best quartet in the league in terms of guys that are versatile and able to do a lot of different things. Four of IB's very good friends. He's played with all of them before. Love those picks. Dean Wiatrowski. Fat Pete, Will O'Neill, TJ Brown, Liam Riley. Um, he's drafted a team of his boys. Yeah, Chris Chris made a good point to me and said that uh, everyone, well, th- all his picks were first-team defenders. You had Tyson, who when he played in the league was first-team defense. Mm-hmm. We had Jack last year, who was uh, defensive player of the year, obviously first-team defense. DJ, great safety. DJ Nick Stano, great D-line. Yes. Yeah. So they're defensive. We know what they're going to be offensively, but defensively, that's that's really where the Falcons last season won the championship because their defense was so good. Yep. And, um, you know, this season, it looks like they're going to have a phenomenal defense again. Yeah, like, like, I mean, listen, all three years I'd be has been the league's quarterback. His teams have had very good defenses. Ohio State, uh, Atlanta, the Falcons, and now this Georgia team on paper has very a very good defense. Um. Defense wins championships. It's great to also be IB when you have the ball in your hands in the backfield and able to make the throws and the plays with his feet that he's able to make. But that Falcons championship was one on defense, and I'll bring it up. Um, they only allowed they allowed they were down fourteen nothing in the semifinals against Joe Piscopo and the Cardinals in the in the league last year. And I honestly was sitting there filming the game, thinking that they were going to lose, but they came out in the second half, pitched a shutout basically until the last drive for the Cardinals, and they were the defense won that game for them. So. 
whoever thinks that you can't win if you don't have the best quarterback in the league, if you have the best defense in the league, you're able to make plays and be there when it matters most. Yeah, they are definitely the team to beat, in my opinion. Until IB is dethroned, they are the team to beat. Let's move on to the last team here, Kurtzman. Last team, Blue Mountain State, represented by Ving Gargano. Ving Gargano, um, going into this, uh, going into season last year, was not playing quarterback. Um, was playing receiver for Mikey. After a few games, he decided that, that enough was enough. He needed to get behind center again and kind of make plays to have, help this team. Uh, progress forward and hopefully make that playoff push. They were able to get into the playoffs on the final day of the regular season. Um, Vin was leading the league in, he led the league in passing yards per game, um, passing touchdowns per game. Basically he would have led the league in all categories had he played the full 10 game slate. Um, That does not surprise me one bit. And it should not surprise any of you that are listening to this podcast. Vin is, has been one of the best quarterbacks, if not the best quarterback in the league for a very long time. Um, He is able to make plays with his feet and with his arm. And he has a team this year that I think he likes more than he did, than he did last year. That team is Mikey Gargano, Paul Ferrali, Vin Arena, Rob Samarco, Jay Coburn, Bryce Walker, Dylan Perrone, Matt Green, and Matt Schaefer. I love that Rob Samarco is playing in the league. Shout out to Rob Samarco. That's, I think that's a great addition to the league. I think that's a great pickup because honestly, um, you know that the Garganos, they wanted Latempa. They don't get Latempa. They kind of replace him with Rob. I think that's a very nice trade-off. Um, you know, like you don't you don't lose a beat with, with having Rob there. So they obviously get Arena. Take Paul in the second round, who Vin was very high on. You know, Paul is finally free talking about that. He's looking like he's going to be on a winning team for the first time in some seasons here. But, you know, like you said about Vin, it really all comes down to him. Like it, Vin on, on any given Sunday is the best quarterback in the league. And that's just the guy where if he if he's in the playoffs, he could single handedly win the championship. And he's got now he's got the guys to do it. I think he's got a solidified line and some good playmakers with him. So I think this is the team for probably for Vin. Vin didn't like the reason why he wasn't a quarterback for last last season is because he didn't want to draft. I actually think he did a really good job drafting the team. And so I'm like, why the hell didn't you want to draft last season when you know what you're doing drafting the team? So uh vin is vin is is up there top three probably for mvp yeah he should be um he should be in the mix every week for player of the week office player of the year mvp things like that so um no this team is going to go as far as the rest of the players can take them because we know vin is going to bring it every single week will the receivers on the outside mikey paul bryce um are they able to make plays and Vin Arena, Rob Samarco, Jay Coburn? Can you give him time to throw? Yeah. Um, I'm excited to see Matt Green play in the league. Um, not the Matt Green we know, but um, there there was this kid, Matt Green, who signed up. He looks like he's a pretty good athlete, and I'm excited to see what he's got. And Matt Schaefer, always been um, on the Gargano teams, and I expect him to play a little bit bigger of a role this year. I know he wants to play a bigger role, so we'll see. hopefully see him a little more on the field this year. Yeah. Uh, Matt Green was in the chat. He was excited. He said that, you know, he should have been drafted the entire time. Every pick went by, he was saying he should have been drafted. So he's got a lot to prove. He was doing a lot of talking during the chat. It was, it was a lot of fun. So I'm just, I'm just ready. I'm ready for the season to start Kurtzman. Uh, we're sitting here talking about these teams. I just want to be, I want to be reviewing. I'd rather be analyzing what happened on the field rather than predicting what we're going to see. So well, uh, you have to do some predicting because we definitely have a week one. Preview. Yeah, no, I know, I know that. But then we could talk about like how the teams match up against each other on paper, at least. I agree. I rather agree. than yeah, rather than just like giving the overview. Because listen, all these teams look good on paper. I think every team looks good on paper. We were a little worried about you know how would the draft like fourteen team draft like would it be a little bit watered down? I think you know we were surprised. We were saying it on the uh, live stream when we were doing the draft that there's still really a lot of good players in all the rounds of the draft. So. I think, you know, the talent pool is really deep this season. I'm expecting it to be the best season yet. All these teams, I'm I'm just, I'm ready to see some scrimmages. I need us to get on some Instagram live. And if you're one of the teams that are listening to this, you have to scrimmage. You have to practice before week one. If you don't, I promise you'll get smoked. Yeah, the one thing I was stressing to my chat, my team chat was like, so I was really trying to get on the scrimmages early because I don't want to go into week one with no live action with yeah. my team. Live action is the you're not going to know what guy you're not going to know what the unknowns on your team can do until you see them in live action and see what they're truly capable of. So um, definitely try to um, captains try to set up a scrimmage, hit up the group chat, 
Um, people are definitely people. A lot of people are looking to scrimmage. I kind of just hit up the kids that I know to try to scrimmage. Um, I'm scrimmaging Pisco this Saturday. I think Sarov is scrimmaging Galante. So uh, if you're looking to scrimmage or whatever, hit up the group chat. We got a few more weekends before the season starts. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited for this year. And based on the way we talked about it, it should be a phenomenal season and a lot of parity in the league. Yeah. As always, make sure to subscribe to the podcast on any podcast platform you're listening to. Also, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're going to have a bunch of stuff coming there. The next time you hear us will be the week one preview. So um, we don't know exactly when that will be. Maybe we'll do a podcast discussing some of the scrimmages too. <laughs> I would assume once we get some, you know, once we see some things going on, we're going to be talking about the league and want to talk about it. So, yeah, I mean, listen, if you're, if you, I'm talking about you, TJ, if you go to the scrimmage and see it, or if you can watch Instagram live of some sort, hey, give uh, me some film. then, no, then I'll try to get some film of it so we can see so we can talk about it because I'm not gonna sit here and talk about it by myself. Yeah, no, uh, we should we should get film on the scrimmages. If you're oh, if oh, you're oh. scrimmaging, if you're scrimmaging, get some film. No, for sure. Um excited for the season. Yeah. All right. That uh that's gonna be it, everyone. Thanks for listening. Kurtzman, I'll catch you, man. All right, brother. Have a good one, guys. Peace.